Welcome to another episode of the Engagement Zone. Today I have with me our guest is Raphael Crawford Marks, co-founder and CEO of Bonusly. Uh, before we get to Raphael, um, we've been recording a number of these whilst building our new website. The new, the new website's now live. Um, when we when we started to record them, we actually had an idea that each podcast would drop in some news of the day from around the world to give every episode some sort of informal timestamp. Um, alas, this this has kind of backfired, as you'll probably have learned over the past three or four podcasts, that Brexit is the never-ending story, uh, a horror version of Groundhog Day, and, and the Trump-Russia no-collusion also haunts the headlines. So, uh, And my team, Arsenal, are perennially average. So... What we're going to try and do is find some more funny, funny, different kind of headlines to try and do the timestamp with. But for now, it's April 2019, and we're going to get on to our, our, our current guest, uh, Raphael. As I said, he's the uh, the co-founder and CEO of Bonusly, uh, who also are partner in, in North America this year. Uh, Bonusly is an engaging recognition and reward platform that helps enrich company culture. So good afternoon, Raphael. How, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. What's 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 on the agenda this week for you? Well, um, we uh, recently closed some additional funding, uh, so hiring, focusing on different growth initiatives, checking in with my uh, uh, team leads. Uh, all of that is, uh, you know, what I'm focusing on now. Congratulations on the funding, by the way. Thank um, you. So. Um, what what do you think the number one challenge is right now in the world of work, and and is that is that different from when you founded Bonusly? I think that was founded about five six years ago now. Yeah, uh, you know, I'll take the first the the first part of the question first, which is I think that the biggest challenge for organizations is hiring and retaining great talent. And when we started Bonusly, that was the challenge that we wanted to help companies address. Though certainly the way the economy has gone and, and had gone yes, five, five, six years ago, we were much closer to the financial crisis of 2008, 2009, and um, we're not anywhere close to full employment. So I'm not sure if at the time companies felt that pressure quite as keenly as they do today. But in the intervening time, it's been very clear that as rote work becomes automated or outsourced, uh, increasingly it is the human capital, the teams uh, that make up a company that will determine its ultimate success or failure. And that makes uh, attracting and retaining talent uh, the most important uh, challenge that companies face today. And and how, how do you think... what? What methods do you think organizations can use to do that then? Because I've got my own opinions, but I'd love to hear yours. Yeah, I, you know, I think the, the key to that is understanding why people work and why, what makes people love their work or, or hate their work. Um, and there's you know, a good deal of, of psychology research on this, and, and ultimately it boils down to uh, people want to feel a sense of purpose and a sense of progress at work. Um, now that doesn't mean that you can't pay them. You know, they need to, they need to earn, you know, market salaries first. 
But then on top of that, if you want to retain your employees, they need to believe in the work they're doing and why they're doing it. And they need to see the potential uh, for progression and growth and development of their skills and the ability to apply those skills against increasing challenges at your organization. And that, that I imagine would happen at the the hiring stage, you know, your company should have uh, the, the purpose that it's, it's striving towards and that you should hire it on those bases. You want people to, to join and, and to, to work for that purpose too. Uh, we, we've seen a number of our award winners that and have gone in there and interviewed them afterwards that have these, have the, have these teams that are just so passionate about what the company is trying to achieve. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's incredible. It's almost an intangible that, that drives business forward really. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd say it starts pre-hiring. It, it, it starts with, how you communicate about your business and its mission, both internally and externally. Um, And ideally, you know, the external communication about your business's mission and vision is what attracts a lot of the applicants into the hiring process. And then, you know, it's really key to live that mission and vision and your core values throughout the hiring process. And then of course, post hire as well. Um, You know, certainly you're not going to, yeah, be well served, uh, you know, doing some sort of bait and switch where once people are hired, they realize that, you know, it was all just a, a song and dance for the hiring yeah. process. Yeah. So, so they're, they're now in the company. Um, what then? How can you help go about helping to retain them for aside from what we've discussed? Yeah, th- this is just, a, you know, kind of a, uh, a lot of different, uh, in interventions and initiatives that uh, a company needs to deploy. So uh, I think the most important thing is empowering employees, uh, giving them a degree of autonomy so they can feel ownership over their work is really key to driving that sense of purpose. Because uh, purpose is really driven from two things. One is kind of the, the big mission and, and vision for the organization. But the other sense of purpose is over your own work and and what your own output is and and feeling ownership and and pride in that. Uh, And so creating an environment where employees can feel that pride and ownership is really critical to driving that sense of purpose. Uh, Then on the sense of, you know, progress, uh, you want to provide uh, avenues for and communication channels that help employees uh, develop themselves, get feedback, and um, develop their skills, and then eventually be able to apply their increased skills against ever more difficult challenges uh, in the organization. Uh, you know, if an employee starts to feel stagnant, then uh, even if they believe in the purpose and the mission, if they don't, if they feel like they're doing the same job day in day out, year after year they're eventually going to go find another place where they can uh, feel some more progress. So that means having a great performance management system. It means having a great uh, recognition and rewards program so that employees can see what success looks like and and, uh, get positive feedback. Um, And it means having really uh, good compensation and career laddering in your organization. It'd be good to get some some real world examples that that you've seen that you know, give, give, give a good uh, um, overview of, of the empowerment piece because one of my favorite ones, I think businesses, I totally agree with you from the empowerment point of view. And the actual business impact can be, can be massive. Uh, one of the most 
uh, readily used examples is the fact that if you allow your customer service team, you know, your customer facing team, if you empower them to actually resolve problems, you know, you give them some 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 slack to actually uh, resolve problems with the customer there and then that that both benefits the employee because they feel empowered and also resolves a customer issue and what one of uh, one of my favorite examples in the UK anyway um, is a company called uh, pret manger and they about five years ago allowed uh, each one of their staff in the in the co- coffee shops the cafes to at will uh, a certain amount of day give somebody a free cup of coffee and uh, I've unfortunately never benefited from one of these free cups of coffee, um, but my colleague Ruth Dance has, um, and you know she was having a really bad day. She walked in, she got to the counter, ordered her coffee, and the, the the person behind the counter saw that she was obviously having a bit of a rough day, and said, "Look, this is on us." And it had a, a double effect of both, you know, that member of staff must have felt absolutely great um, from a, on a human level, and and I know Ruth constantly talks about it and so I think the empowerment piece is huge and I think organizations quite often stop thinking about their their people as human beings and the fact that they have things to offer beyond just the tick box tick box exercise and the day-to-day so um, it'd be great to know if you've got any real world examples where the empowerment piece has really you know uh, made an impact yeah, I, you know, one one uh, that I've heard of, which is is similar because it's related to uh, customer support, is uh, the payment processing company Stripe. Um, their you know enormous you know almost ten billion dollar valuation, I think, at their last round, oh, we, you know, we, totally. We <laughs> yeah, 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 totally changing the way you know companies process payments. We're we're a Stripe customer, um, but I remember watching a, a talk online from I think their COO and talking about how central uh, they put customer support and customer success in their organization, and making it so central that every other member of the team, including their engineering and product development team, um, you know, and, and traditionally in Silicon Valley, the, you know, your engineers and your product development team are, you know, kind of like the most expensive, you know, kind of most prized employees at an organization, making them actually do shifts with customer success and understand what customers wanted and, and see the role of customer success is really, um, you know, being that front line that understands the customer needs and customer frustrations and going to them and seeing them as a source of expertise on that in helping contribute to decisions about the product. Um, so I think that that served two purposes. One, getting the rest of the organization a, more aware of the customers that their work was impacting, um, which is which also you know is part of the purpose piece, but then also letting customer success know how central and and important their role was to the success of the organization. Yeah, and you know for, for years and years it's always the the the, the agile question: How can I get buy-in from the senior leadership and the and the C-suite? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think these kind of examples. It, or quite quite basic, um, and especially when you start talking around empl- employee IP, if you can show the direct impact on on the business and the customer side, usually the senior leadership team sit up and take note. And so, so if there's a direct uh, uh, impact from employees on the on the customer level, then mm-hmm. and, the, and the customer experience, 
they're going to take note and then they're going to put the money into into the investment too. So, um, yeah. but, you know, I'm preaching to the converted really. That's something that <laughs> I, I, I get very excited about uh, and probably talk about on these podcasts for a long time. So um, just, just out of interest as well, do you have any tips or advice to, to our audience out there about going you know, specifically around, you know, retention and, and recognition, uh, anything they could be doing better or if they're having issues in that in that space? Yeah, you know, uh, something that I've been thinking about a lot recently is, um, you know, there's there's all this data that says that, you know, people, the kind of person who wields the most influence over a person's decision to join a company, and then their decision to leave a company are the managers in your organization. And, you know, I think um, the there's a classical approach to management, which is putting in processes that are kind of convenient to management and leadership and easily quantifiable, but don't always work all that well. And uh, you know, one of the things that has helped Bonusly be successful is we noticed, hey, managers really shouldn't be the only people in charge of recognition. That should be that should be taken off of managers' plate so they can focus on other things that add more value. Right. And recognition actually works better when you include all your employees in yep. the act of giving and receiving recognition. So, you know, just with respect to recognition, if if uh, you know you're running an organization where only managers can give recognition, you know, you're c- kind of suffering a double whammy because you are overburdening your managers with it with doing something that they're not going to be able to do a good job at, and uh, you're under leveraging the rest of your team. So, you know, adopt a recognition program that really includes everyone uh, and unburden your managers. And then they can focus more on things like getting feedback from employees and providing guidance and coaching to employees, which is really where managers can add a tremendous amount of value. So how do, how do you go about doing that? You know, well, there's, uh, you know, certainly you can, d- depending on what you want to do, you can always go to, to Bonusly and uh, we can implement a, a recognition program for you in no time. Um, but, but really, you know, whether it's through Bonusly or another software platform, or if you grow your own, there are just five fundamental characteristics to effective recognition. Um, one is that it has to be timely and frequent. Okay. So you want uh, recognition being given often, um, and very quickly after the behavior being recognized. So you, you essentially want to be recognizing kind of all of the daily small wins that add up to big successes over time. You don't want to wait, you know, an entire quarter to recognize a big product launch, but, you know, without having recognized all of the inputs that went into that. Um, then it should be inclusive of all of your employees and not not just top down. Uh, you want to include all your employees as potential givers and potential recipients of recognition. Uh, you want the recognition to be aligned with your core values. Uh, so, you know, all of the recognition given should be, um, you know, enhancing and reinforcing the core values of your organization. And you want it to be specific. So you want to you know, encourage everyone to specifically call out behaviors and accomplishments for recognition rather than just giving out uh, a generic, you know, good job. So, you know, those are the, the, the elements of, of effective recognition. And so whether you go with kind of an off the shelf software provider like Bonusly to do that, or you build your own, as long as you're hitting those elements of recognition, then uh, you're going to have a, a very impactful and successful program. 
And is, is there any research that shows the impact of a good recognition scheme uh, that follows those five principles? Yeah, so we know from research that um, uh, companies with a culture of recognition um, where employees are recognized frequently, that's uh, depending on the study, you know, at least once a month or at least once a week, yeah. um, have significantly lower rates of turnover than than companies without that. So uh, you know we're seeing lower turnover rates, you know, by as much as you know thirty plus percent lower. Uh, and these are studies from a variety of different reputable organizations, from Willis Towers Watson to Gallup to Deloitte. Uh, so there clearly is a big impact of having uh, an effective recognition program on that core challenge of uh, retaining employees. And I suppose you know recognition has been a almost a, a, a cornerstone of, of, of engagement and, and looking after your people uh, for, for as long as anybody can remember. And I suppose the evolution of, of, of the recognition piece in, in, in workplaces has been incredible. Like it's, it's probably transformed in the past decade. And where, where do you think it's going to go uh, in, the, in, in the next 10 years? Because it's it used to be, a, you know, it still is in some places, a £10 voucher or you know, mm-hmm. a, a card, and but it's, it's definitely evolving at a rapid rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I think that change is going to continue. You know, it's. Um, I think being in the industry that we are in, um, and talking to you know, kind of generally more progressive companies, uh, it's easy to forget that still most companies do not have modern recognition yeah. programs. Yeah. Uh, they still do you know, a, a plaque on your 10 year anniversary, and that's about it for recognition, or they might have some form of a a top down spot bonus program. Um, but they, they have not, you know, modified or updated their recognition practices from, from what they were doing in the 20th century. And that is, that is changing. and And the pace of that change is, is increasing. So I think, you know, over the next decade, we're going to see, uh, continue seeing this this change to the point where most companies will be doing this form of modern, effective recognition um, within the next decade, and uh, you know that'll be partly because companies that don't do it are going to have a hard time succeeding, and yeah. and many of them will will die off. Yeah, so the future's now almost. It's this is what 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 you, what we're starting to see implement is is what will become the standard practice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Um, well, what, one of my one of my passions is uh, running my running my own business and everything. Is I saw the I, I saw and I know millions of others have seen the 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 invisible line between work and personal life like been obliterated uh, in the past ten years. And so I just wanted to want to know what Raphael does out of work. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you know what what you do for fun when you're not when you're not doing stuff at bonusly. Yeah, it's it's great that you asked. So we just uh, out here in, in uh, Boulder, Colorado, uh, we uh, we are just hitting full on springtime, um, and yeah, after several weeks of, of really cold winter, uh, this past weekend was our first kind of sunny and seventy degree weekend that we've had all year. And I spent the entire weekend outside in the yard doing gardening and yard work and my kids were out with me you know playing in the playing in the dirt so um yeah i have two little kids so i don't get to do a lot 
that's entirely on my own, yeah. but being out in the yard in the sun uh, with my kids was a lot of fun. And I, I really enjoyed doing that. Well, it's glad to hear that some things ring true, no matter where you're on the world. Cause two weeks ago, England stopped raining for a little bit. And uh, I was out in the back garden for the first time in a few months to chop the grass three times. Cause it was so long. And uh, you know, I couldn't move on Monday cause uh, I haven't, I, you know, not the fittest I have been at the moment, but yeah, no, it's good to see <laughs> that the garden when the sun comes out after a long winter is, is number one for most people out there. So <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Colorado, we're looking at maybe bringing the, the U S conference there and it, it, it looks like it's just fun all year round, whether there's snow or snow or sunshine actually. So um, yeah. It's true. It is beautiful out here. I think one of the most wonderful things is even in the winter, it is sunny most days. So, um, you know, I I relocated here from New York City, which in the winter is uh, pretty much gray and dreary for, you know, five to six months straight. And uh, out here, it's great because, you know, you'll get an occasional snowstorm, but in between those, you get days and days and days of sunlight, uh, whether it's winter or summer. It sounds fantastic. So, well, look, I, I'm really grateful for your, for your time, Raphael. Um, looking forward to seeing you in June. Uh, thank you for your, your advice uh, around uh, reward and recognition. Uh, and, um, yeah, we'll be publishing content from, from Bonusly and their team over the coming weeks and months on our, on our newsletters, on our blogs. So please look out for that there. But for now, just thank you very much for your time, Raphael. And I, ho- I, I hope you'll have a, have a fantastic week great well thank you very much i appreciate the time this has been fun brilliant thank you very much